you're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Lop is Two Faces from Acts chapter 6 verses 8 to 15. Welcome to New Life Fellowship Ho Chi Minh City and it is good to have you with us. Uh, later on, we're going to have uh, welcome our guests and, and visitor if you are here. Uh, but right now, before we go into the world, we have our um, New Life Fellowship Cambodia, Phnom Penh. Uh, the team, sick of them, uh, they, they just arrived on Friday night and the full day workshop uh, Saturday, yesterday, uh, for our Vietnamese uh, team uh, to do workshop on music, vocal, some basic stuff, and also sharing some experience. Because next year, uh, 2024, New Life uh, Fellowship Cambodia celebrate their 30th anniversary. And uh, so uh, they'll be here with us. And uh, so uh, Pastor Eric came to Phnom Penh in 1994, and he started church there, and so they're three years ahead of us. So they finished, uh, so Pastor Eric uh, finished uh, about his time there, three years, three plus years, and then he moved here in 1997. That's why last week we celebrate 26th anniversary. So we three years, uh, you know, younger than them, right? <laughs> but right now, uh, uh, just representative of the team, I would like to uh, invite Visna, who is a worship leader over there, they call worship pastor, to share with us just reading or something. And uh, please give him uh, a hand <laughs> of applause. Thank you so much. My name is Vesna from Phnom Penh, Cambodia, New Life. I uh, just want to uh, send our pastors a uh, greeting from to all of you who wish he's here with us. But hopefully we can come here again. Uh, this is not our last time. Uh, actually, this is my fourth time uh, in Ho Chi Minh. And hopefully I can bring my wife and my children next year or uh, later. <laughs> but sending greeting from New Life Fellowship, uh, our leader and pastors want to say hello. And then we hope that we can do uh, worship together in the future and sharing together. And we love uh, you guys. And really feel like I'm coming home. And New Life Vietnam really blesses my heart and our team as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Visna. Um, we had a, a wonderful time with them as Visna shared with us about also songwriting. So for the Vietnamese congregation, uh, the new Vietnamese congregation, I call it uh, SSM 2.0, is a new version. Just started again after the COVID uh, just last year. Exactly to be this Sunday will be one year. And it's a whole new batch of Vietnamese and the Lord touched them and they, they zealous. And they wrote song, the spirit inspired them. So we have over about, you know, uh, I think probably 14, 15 original Vietnamese songs right now, plus English, because some of them are more comfortable in English as well. And so uh, they, uh, they celebrate 30th uh, anniversary next year. I asked them how many songs, the original Khmer song, and they said, uh, they told me over 100. <laughs> uh, but that's 30 years. That's kind of, uh, not try to be competitive, but that's kind of goal that we kind of go there, uh, but, uh, but the Lord has been uh, deposited uh, in, in the life of the leader there. These are the ge next generation. Uh, of course, I, with Pastor Eric, I uh, in the past frequently visited Cambodia during that time, has gone through uh, several uh, leadership uh, change from, uh, from, this, uh, uh, from the one that who received from Pastor Eric. Now it's probably the fourth. And the new one is a, is a Cambodian uh, a group of, 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 of pastors. Pastor Samdi, who came here, Pastor Sota, who been Pastor, uh, you know, Pastor Eric's disciple, and, and Mara, are they all, uh, some of you know them. And the church uh, in Cambodia is continuing to multiply, and, you know, it's a generational multiply. They have over about 300 plus churches. When I say churches, mean that, you know, a size of 50 to about a size of 100, 150. The main campus, uh, the Lord blessed them with the uh, with the sanctuary, with the space about you know can contain about 800 uh, people, um, you know capacity, and they have three services, and so uh, they they uh, you know so they need uh, their worship team over 100, right? So just imagine that 
uh, they consider the mega church in Phnom Penh. Uh, but uh, nothing mega about their, uh, their, 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 their church or uh, making or theology. And uh, this is part of a, a DNA. And so uh, they have all the, um, uh, the expats who, who live and serve there. They all, uh, you know, speak Khmer. They all learn. I don't know, maybe Khmer learn easier than Vietnamese. Yeah? Oh, really? Oh, you think so? Yeah. So I sent Crystal over to Phnom Penh. You can train her for, for that. Maybe true because Pastor Eric told me that it took him a year to learn Bahasa Indonesia in Jakarta, right? When he landed there in the 80s. It took him about a week to learn Singlish, right? <laughs> just, you don't get a joke. Okay, to learn Singlish took him a week. And then he moved to Cambodia in 1994. It took him three years to some sort of, you know, able to preach and read the Khmer Bible. Uh, and then he came to Vietnam, where is uh, not the Great War of China, but certain war, yeah? And then he came here, and it took him five years to pass, uh, we call it a sea level, it's kind of a just, you know, uh, maybe intermediate Vietnamese speaking. And then he'd be able to, to preach and speak in, you know, in Vietnamese. But he's still not happy about with his Vietnamese. Uh, so I, I guess maybe the Vietnamese is, uh, is a bit difficult. But I doubt it. I think it's easy. It's just that we didn't have... <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, no, I tell me, I explain to you, the, the, the linguists in the house probably agree with me. We didn't have a teaching methodology, you see. We don't have a system to really uh, to lay out, uh, simplify the language learning, uh, you know, for, for our expat or foreigner. It's also that are difficult because uh, historically and, and culturally, you have three different regions. You learn something in the south, they won't understand you in the north, uh, the, your accent, right? Of course, you learn things from TV, going to be all the way the northern accent, which is considered, you know, the standard of, of national accent. Uh, and so uh, maybe, you know, um, uh, Pastor Eric used to have a joke that maybe because you don't eat nook mum enough, you know, fish sauce. <laughs> You have to eat fish sauce a lot, then your tongue will twist and, you know, you'll be able to speak Vietnamese. That's a joke. Don't try hard. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Um, uh, thank you for, um, you know, uh, for um, uh, staying back for the um, last week. Uh, a pizza lunch was wonderful. I had a good time. For those of you who uh, left early, uh, that's fine. But uh, we thank God for his uh, faithfulness and the ongoing work of pruning process. And pruning, uh, those of you who understand the process of pruning, is, is not fun. Uh, I think if you are the gardener, I don't know about you, if I see, you know, the, the, the vine, I want more, you know, leafy green, look nice, you know, I don't want to cut anything. Uh, but as the vine dresser, uh, who is the God the Father, know that, if you leave it unpruned and leave it that way, it naturally, it's going to be look nice, but does not bear fruit. So the gardener, you have to understand that even cutting the branches, it's kind of a bit painful for the gardener. I mean, imagine this, that, that all the nutrition you put in, the care, the, you know, and then you have to cut away some of the branches. And even when they're still green. Meaning, but the, the, the garden look at that, oh, you know, there's no, there's no, you know, budding out, so I cut, so I reap, you know, the, the kind of nutrition for this branch. I mean, you read throughout the Bible, sometimes it's a bit scary. That's why it's good for us to have the fear of the Lord. Why? Because the Lord in His selection, in His pruning process, it is so strange uh, to the human mind that whoever has more will receive more. It is so strange. Because usually it's like, okay, this one uh, have more, should they give to others? And, uh, you know, take the, the, take the rich to give to the poor. The mentality of a Robin Hood. Sometimes we like the superhero and, you know, steal from the rich and give to the poor. That is the Robin Hood mentality. It was popularized by movies. And then some of you say, hey, I don't like socialists. But exactly that was socialists did. And either the capitalism that one of you take, you know, and just try to squeeze and oppress the poor. So in the Old Testament, we see both. If you want to talk about economics, you see capitalism and socialists. Because that, that God is in a king is theocracy. 
not democracy, not republican, but theocracy, mean God is our king. And therefore, if God is our king, then he needs to use God's law to administer the country. And that's why all the kings fail, beginning with King Saul and then King David and then Solomon and the rest. You see that they kept repeating the sin of their forefather until the King Jesus. So it is very important to understand that Jesus must be king. Because why? Because if Jesus is just a guy buddy that you drink at the beer pub, it's not going to help you. He must be king over your life. He needs to be Lord of all Lord and, and king of all kings so that he rule and he reigns and that you will submit under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Because if we are king of our life, we will mess our life. Because the tendency of our heart after the fall in Genesis 3 is always you know, downward and corrupted and the self-harm mechanism will put in. Because every one of us, we live up to our, you know, our freedom, we will harm ourselves. We know that. Some of you live long enough know that. Some of you know that if you're taking things into your will and you will harm yourself and you will harm others. You intoxicate one another with your thoughts, with the meditation of heart, because we are not pure. That's why Christ came, not just a, you know, kind of a, a celebration Christmas time, which is coming, but as to came so that he became one of us, he became flesh, so that what? Because sinless human beings, so that he can redeem the sinful human being. Because no one can redeem the brokenness and the fallen of humanity. Because the first Adam failed. Then the second Adam, or sometimes called the last Adam, is Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, so that you and I can have hope in him and he redeem us. He restore both of our humanity in Christ and he give us the impartation of the divinity in him. That's the Holy Spirit in us. So the Holy Spirit is like almost like a silent that's going to whisper in us and tell us about the things of God so that we don't set our mind on earthly things but on the things of heaven. And in the book of Acts, we see the move of the Holy Spirit, not just that when they got baptized and received the baptism that have the triune God. We talk about that in lesson four in foundation class. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But there's a separate event in the book of Acts chapter 8 that the empowerment and endowment of the baptism in the Holy Spirit that empowers that generation, Jew and Gentile. Of course, he used the Jew first to reach out the Gentile. And so because Jesus, the salvation came out of Jew, why not Jew? Why not Vietnamese? Why not your ethnic? God chose in his sovereignty that use the Jews. And, and they bring to the Gentile because why the Jew going to be jealous? going to be envious because why they saw the uncircumcised the gentile they don't even eat at the same table bring into the kingdom and eat with them and die with them and worship in the same place and god used the roman empire to oppress them because they stuck born and stiff neck they want to stay in jerusalem they want to sing kumbaya and just hug the hug and they're just being jewishness and the lord used roman to persecute them and scatter them what was happening in the Tower of Babel, that because they gathered, they wanted to build a Tower of Babel so that they can be pride, proud of themselves. They can be high-rise, then they can be, you know, this is, I can reach the heaven, and God came down, that irony, because they want to build up, and God came down and to scatter them, because to disturb their language and scatter them. And at the same time, they, at the same event that parallel with that is the time that in the book of Acts chapter 1, that people get together and they think that's going to be that, uh, that's going to be it. Jesus alive. So we continue to live our life as usual, business as usual. No, God used the Roman Empire to oppress them and scatter them and destroy the physical structure in the 70s, 80s, 80s, 70s. They no longer can worship in the, the temple there. But because the new structure, the new body, the body of believers called the church, the local church. They met in the catacomb, the underground, because the Roman and the Jewish think that's going to be a set, and that's why they persecute them. And wherever they go, they say they follow the way. The way means Jesus. You read in the book, like you saw that, and they they break bread and they do that communion. The Roman thought that this is a vampire because they ain't blood and they say thank you for the blood of Christ and the, and this is recorded in history so they oppress all the more and the more the Bible said the more 
they're being oppressed and they're being persecuted, all the more they share the good news of Jesus Christ. Are you still with me? So right here we see through the book of Acts chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, and chapter 5, and now we are in chapter 6, the first part we all talk about, there's some tension, there's some argument, there's some complaint about this group of widow and the other group, and you know, about food, you know. If you really be honest with yourself, most of our complaint will be something like that. Food, weather, clothes, other people, neighbor. I mean, if you really be honest, write out your complaint list, it's going to be long. It's going to be long. And then most of the time, it's just around like food, eat, sleep, your need, your felt need. It's never about your real need. And your real need, your, your real need and my real need is Jesus Christ to be in our life. And, and the kingdom of God in our life, not just, just, just what, how this life going to make you happy. How this person, that person, uh, this person, this pastor, this church can make you happy. If you think like that, this church is not for you. Because this church is about the business of God. This church is about the kingdom of God and the great commission. Yes, you will be cared. You will be cared by the world. You will be taken care by the world. And every Sunday here, by the fear and tremble of God, I counsel you. I spend hours to repent, to minister to you. So take it and, and practice it. And then we life net. There will be Iron Man. There will be Lady. It is for you to build up, not to make your life happy. So that you've been sanctified and be holy for the Lord. We've passed that, um, the first portion. Now another complaint came up. This is very interesting. After the chosen of seven, right, and pointing Stephen and the uh, other guy as well, in verse, uh, in, in, in verse 7, just to kind of make a connection here, that the word of the Lord continued to increase. The number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to faith. So kind of uh, the priests, meaning that those who are already in the Lord for some time, they restore their faith. And then the people disciple mean they just got new believers, just got saved, and they become disciple. Not because somebody that in the church for a long time. I, in fact, I really, really pray that every week we have not yet believer come to our midst. We have those who are really want to be disciple because it's so frustrated to disciple someone who doesn't want to be disciple. And also that we don't want people from already have a religion and already have the people from our church and bring them here. If they don't have a church, so we reach out, we tell our team, we only reach out to the not yet believing friends and the unchurched. Because the one that who have the church and keep hopping and hopping and find the church that's suitable for them, their life will be like a plant that plucked and plucked and here and there and it's going to be die with her. And because they don't abide in the body of Christ and Jesus. They'll talk about last week that abide in me and Jesus abide in us. So here, come, verse 8. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonder inside among the people. Verse 9. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as, as it was called, somebody called that, this group freedmen, men freed, <laughs> Uh, and of the uh, Cyrenians, and of uh, Alessandrians, and of those who from Cilicia and Asia rose up and disputed with Stephen. This is uh, just a new appointed guy to for food distribution for the need, the physical need uh, of the widow's group. You know, the Hebrew-speaking uh, widow and the uh, Hebrew-Greek-speaking widow. We talked about that first passage uh, two weeks ago. So they got dispute. Exactly what the matter of dispute, we don't know. But here we see verse 10. Uh, uh, but they, they could not withstand the wisdom in this group. They could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking, meaning this Stephen. And they secretly instigated men who said, we have heard him speak blasphemous word against Moses and God. And they stir up the people and the elder of the scribe. And they came upon him and seized him, means Stephen, and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, false witnesses mean they testify falsely. This man, Stephen, 
never ceased to speak word against this holy place. They talk about the temple, the synagogue there, and the law. They talk about the law of Moses. And for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place, I mean the temple, and will change the custom that Moses delivered to us. Verse 15. And gazing at him, they, the crowd, all who sat in the council saw that his face, Stephen's face, was like the face of an angel. From this passage, I, I meditate and I just want to present to you today with uh, two choices from this passage. Two faces. Godly face and religious face. There's a difference between somebody know Jesus and have relationship with Jesus and somebody simply just have a religion called Christianity. Religion Christianity cannot help you. Actually, even destroy you. But relationship with Christ will be alive and living and life-giving and transforming. Two faces. Simple this morning. Number one, godly faces. Godly face. Is this other people wa want to see what a character? When you look at someone, you see their face. If you look in a mirror, if you're being honest, you can tell yourself about how you look like. That's why, you know, all of us, especially our ladies, spend a lot of time on the mirror, right? We want to look beautiful, we want to look nice. And sometimes we have, in psychology, we call it self-poor image. We mean that we're never happy about our face. So we, that's why we have to use other interventions. You know what I'm talking about. That to change and to modify. And at the end of the day, by now, all the young girls in Southeast Asia, they want something to look like magazines so everybody look like the same. I thought they're cloning. <laughs> no, seriously. Seriously, if I look on the social media, everybody is somewhat beautiful, but according to the magazine. Not according to God's standard. Not according to the making of the use the mother and the father. I'm not talking about the accident that you really have your face kind of, uh, you know, kind of shattered, the bone here, and you need to restore that by plastic surgery. But I'm talking about you have a nice, pretty face, and you still have to not happy about it and go for a surgery and do all kinds of stuff and waste money, and you still have the self-poor image because it won't last long because the soul is empty. The mind, the will, and the emotion is not in line with the Word of God and not in the relationship with the Lord, the Father, God created Abba. So I encourage all of us, if you look into the mirror and you think that, you know, you don't have that pretty face, ask God to give you a godly face. Because it comes from the inside. Having full of grace. Think about this. Think about if you wake up in the morning and you say, Lord, I'm thankful I have full of grace. Lord, I, I, I'm so grateful that you give me full of power through the Holy Spirit. The religion, I try hard. And everybody say, try harder, try harder, try to be better Christian, better Christian. That is a cult. Christianity, true, have religion, that it is finished at the cross. Now you just start to live out and follow him. Don't look back like lost wife. You become a pit of salt. You always be the picture of some kind of nuclear plus. You're going to be disintegrated instantly. Sometimes it's disintegrated instantly of your soul because you always look back to what had happened in the past and not run forward towards Christ. Because you keep looking at the wrong mirror. And the wrong mirror will always give you to make you look fat or so skinny. Or make you look that unworthy. Because Christ died for you. You look at the mirror of Christ and you will reflect the godliness in your life. Are you still with me? Having full of grace, having full of power. It is not our power because our power corrupts. And we say power corrupts. That's true, but that's war power, political power, mob power. We see here at the scene, just in the gospel, we see that there will be struggle between political power, religious power, and then the, the mob power. And any given society will always play this three power play. There will be political power to want to give some favor to religious group. 
And then that you could manipulate the government to lobby this agenda and to persecute another group. There will be more power over, even turn upside down the government. And the world in their blindness, and even Christians don't read the Bible and say, oh, yeah, it's good, you know, turn up. And if you support the more power, they will become the governor and they were going to use the same thing. So power corrupt. The only way out of any given society is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, there's no hope. A lot of Christians falsely believe that there's hope in this president, that president, that governor. Maybe first year, second year, third year max, out of the term, done. Let's put our hope in Jesus Christ so that we can reflect the grace of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, and in here, Stephen, you see this miracle he performed. He being used, he was being used by God. You know, it's kind of wasteful if your life and I, my life, will not be used by God. But I tell you, in this world, Everyone, including your boss, your employer, everyone, try to use your life. Use your life. Either you dedicate your life to Christ, otherwise your life and my life will be used by someone. Your choice. Stephen, the chosen, pick out from the, from the seven, form the team, the food distribution that needed that time. And he being used by God. To serve at the table at that time because of, of you know, probably they have la la lay out the table and the widow coming and they probably like the canteen style and the soup or whatever, the bread. And so people, you know, maybe daily have food distribution. So it needs seven of men full of grace, full of power, full of wisdom. Why? It needs the wisdom to also administer that. It requires a gift and dedication. It's just not like, oh yeah, it's just the job that I don't want. No, serve is different. It's from your heart. You apply for a job, you send out your CV. That's your ability and your credential. You serve the Lord out of your heart and character and the wisdom and grace because we are saved by grace. Amen? Being His messenger, godly faith, maybe we have a, a you know, maybe our, our personality will be a bit shine. Yeah, but let's make it shine. <laughs> and, and because we are His messenger, we are the ambassador. You know, if someone that sent the ambassador to, let's say, your country ambassador in Ho Chi Minh City or Hanoi, they represent your country and carry out the message, whether trade or com commerce or, you know, politics. They carry out certain messages to the government here and they have diplomacy and so on. The reason that we and I call the ambassador of Christ because Christ has trusted us and be representative and sent to this planet Earth. No longer political ambassador, but ambassador of Christ. Because Christ has saved us, redeemed us, cleansed us, and He continues to use us. He don't use perfect Christian. He used imperfect Christian, but being sanctified would mean move direction toward Him. And on a daily basis, being sanctified, being cleansed, being pruning. And the work of Christ is evidence in their life. They bear fruit. They don't just go to church and tick the box and ask about how my life can be happier. They will ask about, is it my face is, is carry out godliness of God and I'm being used by God. Am I His messenger? Or His complainer? The choice of yours is ours. Number two, religious faith. If you, in case you didn't know what I'm talking about, this is talking about these people are believers. In fact, they have position in the temple. They are the scribe. Remember the scribe, the one that really precise, meticulous copy. So uh, the um, the Old Testament we have the Greek version of the Old Testament is called LXX, meaning the seventy-two scribe that copy and translate uh, or transliterate some word that bring to that the Greek-speaking community the Old Testament. Because the Greek community that cannot read Hebrew, they need to read the Old Testament 
in Greek, in Koine Greek, in ancient. So describe such a responsibility. And that's why they need a lot of copy in manuscript. Even today, they find out only one, uh, one scroll about, let's say, the Gospel of Mark, multiple copies just in case that the other copy, you know, maybe one, you know, typo error, right? Is it all by hand? God in his sovereignty, all the manuscript line up with a little bit of variant, which is okay. This is why, this is helpful for you, that sometimes you see NIV translate differently for ESV, NASV, King James, because they use different manuscript with different variants. So some of you, there's an there's a, there's a email, chain email going on about, about decades ago, they they try to uh, you know discredit NIV version and they send around uh, the internet. They say, oh yeah, this is uh, you know by the devil. They cut out this passage. They don't translate this one. And Zondervan is this one. They also have other publisher, maybe the agent of e the devil. And people who who don't know that, then they think that like that, and they spiritualize things and they attack. You know the version is fine if because the NIV use different manuscript and they the committee decided to take this out of the variants. But the main idea remained the same. This is why we need to read in big junk. We need to read in the picture from Genesis to Revelation. Don't, eat, don't just eat and read one-liner and be a one-minute Christian. You should be about your lifestyle of Christian, an hour of reading. Because you have an hour on social media, on some junk news, you should have an hour on the solid and life-giving word, Jesus Christ, the living bread, the living water. Amen? The religious faith, they have to dispute things. It means like they're born to argue. I don't know why. It happened in first century. It's happened in 21st century. It happened in this church as well. Just in case you say, oh, maybe you talk about church. Yeah, it happened everywhere, universally. Whatever, they still find way to dispute about certain things. And they make it holy and sanctified. They make it kind of nice. And, and remember, these are the people. Read the Bible again. They are the scribes. They are the elders. How come on earth they stir up? They they only a few people. I don't know one, two, three. They 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 instigate it secretly. I mean they gossip and rumor about certain thing about Stephen, about the group having been chosen by God. The disciple multiplied. The priest came back, and they're not happy about it. I don't know why. Human nature. Even the best company in the Fortune 500, they all have their issue internally. They always hire you know, the, the advisor outside to look into it and then give advice. The same happened in the first century, same happened in the church today. And during my study in, in the Bible school, there's one course called Conflict and Resolution. And as according to the study that they study, that most of the conflicts start usually one, two individuals. They're not happy about certain something. They secretly instigate it. They secretly say something about something. Can you pray for me about this? But actually they gossip. And they always have a spiritual form. They have a form of godliness but deny the power. And they always like that throughout history of churches. It's very strange. And here they instigate secretly and men and who hurt him and, and they frame Stephen. Because nobody can escape, you know, blasphemers against the law of Moses and God. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly how to put somebody, you know, to death later on. You know, we're not running ahead, but you know the story of Stephen, how he ended. Because they, they, this is the framing session. They're framing Stephen. The man full of wisdom and full of grace. The man do miracle and serve the community. Religious people are the most toxic and the most ugliness in this planet Earth. You, you talk to the non-yet-beloved, they don't even think to do that. And yet, somehow, religious people think they can do it. I have uh, reached out the not-yet-believing community. We have solo talk friends. I even never saw that things come out of their mouth like that, the not-yet-believer, and yet came out of the Christian. You tell me. But this message is so encouraged because nothing new under the sun. So I can encourage, be encouraged. Oh, wow, this happened then and how the Lord started out. I mean, if I got to be stoned like Stephen to death, so be it. 
but this is this is what happened. And then they stir up what who up the people, I mean the mob, the people, the crowd, the elders, the ones supposed to support and help Stephen. And then the scribe, the one who are scholar, understand the Bible more than anyone else. And they became upon him, seized him, struck him, and brought him to the council. The council here, some translations call the Sanhedrin, because they have a certain power to arrest someone. They can, they, they can get an arrest warrant you know, to arrest someone in the religious court at that time. And so, and so they, they set up witnesses, four witnesses. And the, in, the, in, the, in the Old Testament, the law said that you know, God is the, you know, detestable abomination to the Lord if you falsely testify. It means lie. Why? Because the Satan is the father of lies. Anytime that you lie, chapter 5, you and I lie to the Holy Spirit. You not lie to men, but to the Holy Spirit. Don't make lie become a norm. Lie is sin. They set up four witnesses. These people got paid to go to the court and say, yeah, he blasphemed Moses' law. Do this. And Testify lies. This is why some of the, uh, whether Commonwealth or Western world, when you go to court, you put a hand on, type, uh, on the Bible. I think U.S. or other countries try to remove that and say, oh, why we have to put on the Bible and we put something else. But that has history because the Bible is the truth. And the truth will set you free. You shall testify here, you know, uh, only the truth and nothing else but the truth. But of course, people don't believe the Bible, so they still testify lies. The religious face, you want to easy to recognize religious face. You see them argumentative, opinionated. They would try to just make everything like, you know, it's a topic of debate. For those who are trained debaters, right? You debate in the subject, in the university, on the subject, right? But I tell you, even you win the debate, your heart won't change. So Christian, even you win an argument with a non-believer, say, you know, Jesus Christ, resurrection, whatever, you get upset about, you know, some, some atheist. Or so. It won't work because you can't change them. Neither you can change yourself. It's only the good news of Jesus Christ can change you. So the religious faith pretend to be holy. Pretend that they, are, they have been Christian mature. You look at them, the scribe, the elders. And very strange to our history. Not just someone like the lame. They just got, bam, got saved, and they're jumping, and they praise the Lord. They don't go like, yeah, the temple, you know, kind of look not nice, and, you know, not enough aircon too hot, you know. Why the chair set up like that, you know. Why, uh, why, why the priest, you know, don't have time for me, and this and that. They just jumping and praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and I, I saw, and the Lord brought me into someone you got saved, and when you encounter the Lord, Wow. I mean, it's just immediately, Pastor, I want to be disciple the next day, next week, next hour. But the people have been preachers living in the Christendom so long. When they heard about what disciple, what is that? You know, is there anything that, you know, requires of a lot of my time or not? It, the disciple is about the heart, your posture, the direction you want to go with Christ. And you need to be trained and equipped. And to train and equip is only require one thing. Your heart and your faith in Jesus. Because, you know, as a pastor, I'm not Jesus. I'm just journey with you so that we can grow in the pruning process of Christ. Because he's the vine. I myself need to abide in the vine. So should you. So we journey together. Are you still with me? know about the nature of religious faith. They instigate it secretly. They don't do upfront. If I have any problem, can you come to me? Pastor, you have this problem, this problem. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm not happy. Wonderful. And I can address that. Don't go around and instigate. That's a religious faith. Stop on it. Be a godly faith. Set up Four witnesses. 
they will ask other people telling here their story, one-sided story. And they will multiply like mushroom, like viruses. And all the churches would have faced the same thing because human nature is sinful. That's why we need Jesus. And they always in a tendency with the Father of life accusing. Accusation come from the accuser. In the Bible, the accuser, his name is Satan. By now, it's 11 years of pastoring this church full time. I can almost immediately can spot the godly face and the religious face. As a pastor role, sometimes with compassion and love, sometimes if they open and allow and I can tell them in their face, you have a religious face, repent and be godly. At the time, people come and they want to keep the status quo. They want to be, be real, authentic. You know, I leave it there as there because this is an international congregation. People from come from all different backgrounds and they have certain boundaries differently. But with the Vietnamese, pull them. They're with me, yeah? <laughs> I'm going to correct them. I'm going to pull them and cut them. I'm going to chop them into pieces. For the Lord, though. I don't eat them, though. <laughs> I don't eat them. Jesus. They need to eat Jesus' flesh and the blood that's for me and be part of his body. So some of you said that, you know, why you uh, spent so much time with the Vietnamese. I do. Why? Because they're going to live here, they're going to die here, they're going to multiply here. If you want this country changed, please help me and partner with me in share the gospel to the good news to Vietnamese. You come here because God, I believe that you think that God put you here, not because that you, you know, ran out of job or you ran away from sin. Some of you maybe did, I don't know, right? I don't know all the details, right? Uh, maybe pain in the home and you run here, you find a safe refuge, which is okay. You, you find, you know, maybe living and so on, which is, is great. This place is for you. But if you think further, one year here, two years here, four years here, five years here, ten years, twenty years, are you going to be useful for the Lord, for his kingdom, serving the lost around you and the Vietnamese in this land to be multiplied and the heaven will record your name and the book of life together with those who you have been reached out and touched. The choice will be yours. It won't be a religious faith. You always find reason to dispute. You always find the habit of instigating and tell others and represent others. That's not good. And you will have like these people feel this, these people feel that, setting up, people sacrificing, accusing. That's not good. Stop and repent. Have a godly faith. Can we back the slide? One, the, the first one. Having full of grace. Think about yourself. You can wake up. Oh, Lord, I have full of grace. Power from the Lord, Holy Spirit. And Lord, how can I be used today? Being his messenger, what a message they're going to have. Lord, put the message in me. And we will mount peace to speak for those who are around us. Instead of complaining about those who are around us. For those who are Vietnamese in our midst. The, Vietnam, the God who speaks Vietnamese is the same the God who speaks English, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> You're laughing because you don't know. The Vietnamese, at least in the South, I know, they're very hospitable. They, they, they love foreigners more than their own people. I don't know why. It's just the nature of Saigon, right? melting pot. Yeah, I tell you. So you have the advantage to expect. If you are a teacher, you even have a double advantage. Because here, the culture is Confucianism, Taoism, Buddhism, because they respect the teacher more than they respect the parent. How strange is that? You have the advantage. Use it for your glory. Amen? Just spend a couple of minutes uh, for the reflection. Examine your heart and see which godly or religious face are you living or are you carrying. Spend a couple of minutes. Why? The uh, Cambodian team can come up and just um, you know prepare yourself for the closing song. Yeah, uh, while we have about three, four minutes of uh, reflection. Yeah.
Lord Jesus. There are two choices before us. There are two faces that your word describes to us, portray to us the face, the characteristic of the face. The face speaks a lot. Lord, I pray that even though maybe in the past, the past did anything happen before 10, 25 is the past. Lord, we don't want to become a believer with religious faith. That anything that tick us off, make us upset, we're going to spread. We want to be cut and pruned for your glory. Lord, help us to be a godly faith. That Lord, that we you told us that we receive your grace, full of it, not just some, full of grace. And you have given us the Holy Spirit, full of power. Not the power that we try to construct or build in our muscle, physical body. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to witness, the power to testify and serve you in the midst of persecution like chosen seven, the Stephen, and they, they're going to be persecuted and even put to death and they continue to live according to your will and not their own will and plan. Help us to be the godly face that is going to shine reflecting the glory of God because we are all fallen short of glo your glory. Our face be more before we got saved knowing you. And as we walk with you, our face beginning to shine and reflecting your goodness, glory, and your grace. And Lord, it's like Stephen. Other people see him. He cannot see himself. There was no mirror. But you see, others see him recorded that his face was like the face of an angel. Being a messenger. An angel simply being a messenger. Carry out message. We are all the messenger of Christ, ambassador of Christ. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, you activate, kindle, ignite your people to live their life meaningfully, purposefully for the kingdom of God, regardless of their vocation. Oh, Lord Jesus. We don't want to waste a single day just for our own glory. We don't want to waste a single hour for our own glory, which is fading and fleeting even our life. We want to use every single minute for your glory. We thank you, Lord. Help us, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.